Let's read together. Ebatun uluslar, rab, rabbe ovguler sunun, ebatun haklar, onun yujeletin, chunku bize bislendi, sevgi biyukter, rabin sadakati, sunsuza dexter, rabbe ovguler sunun. Wangua, Nimendo dang, Zame Yehoa, Wamina, Nimendo dang, Song Zanta, Inwaita Shang woman, Da Shutsu I, Yehoa, the Chung Twin, Twin Dao Yongyuan, Nimendo Yao, Zame Yehoa. Lu l'Eternel, vous gens de toute nation, chantez ses louanges, ou vous toutes les peuples. Car son amour pour nous est immense. La fidélité de l'Éternel subsiste à jamais. Lui est l'Éternel. Alléluia. Enyi mataifa yote, msifuni bwana. Enyi watu wote, muimidini. Maana fazili zake kwetu, sisi ni kuu. Na uaminifu, wabwana, ni wamilele. Amen. In English, Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Mission Sunday today. We thank you for the opportunity to, to pause from our normal preaching and our normal worship to focus today on the task that you've given to your people to take the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth, to be witnesses of Christ in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And so God, I'm thankful for this little psalm here, Psalm 117, and I'm thankful for what it's going to teach us about missions and, and the foundations that we should be building upon for the work of missions. So God, would you speak to us today? Would you bless us today? In Jesus' name, amen. So, Missions Sunday. Why not Family Sunday? Or Discipleship Sunday? Or Stewardship Sunday? Or Racial Reconciliation Sunday? Or Evangelism Sunday? Why? do we have one Sunday each year where we focus on the work of missions in the world? Maybe you're excited about Missions Sunday. Maybe you love the thought of focusing everything today on our call to take the gospel to the nations. Maybe you personally or your family are working through a calling of God to take the gospel to the nations. But maybe you're wondering, why do we even do this? Maybe you're wondering, who is even really excited about Missions Sunday? Well, the truth is, is that there's no one more excited about Missions Sunday than God. No one loves missions more than God. No one wants the nations to come to faith in Christ more than God. No one wants to see a gathering of redeemed people from every nation and tongue and tribe more than God. You see, missions is actually God's idea. It's not our idea. 
And so as we come to think about what missions is for us, we have to first and foremost see that missions is the very heart of God. Missions, a desire for the nations to come to faith in Christ, is at the very heart of God. You see, missions is not just another program that we have at church, another tab on our website. Missions is the very heart of God. And the work of spreading the good news of Jesus to every nation and tribe and tongue is what God desires most. So as we've gathered today to sing and to pray and to set our heart on missions, we're joining our missions-loving God. He's calling the nations to praise Him. He's calling the nations to rest in His steadfast love. He's calling the nations to trust in His faithfulness. And we see that clearly today in Psalm 117. And I believe we see in this short little psalm three foundations for the work of missions in the world. Just like every good building needs a good foundation, we need a good foundation to build the work of missions upon. And so in Psalm 117, we're going to see three foundations for Christ Fellowship Church as we seek to do the work of missions. And so it's my prayer for us today that we would not only think about these foundations, but that we would build upon them by praying and giving and going so that the nations might come to faith in Jesus. So here's the first foundation. God's praise is the goal of missions. God's praise is the goal of missions. So Psalm 117, it's the shortest psalm, and it's part of a collection called the Hallel. And Hallel is the Hebrew word for praise. You probably know the word hallelujah, right? Which means praise Yahweh. Or as our English Bible say in verse 1, praise the Lord. Psalm 117 is a psalm of praise, and it's calling us to come to Yahweh, the God, the maker of the heavens and earth, the God of the Bible, the creator of all things, and to bring praise to Him. The book of Psalms mentions God's praise 110 times, and it actually commands us to praise the Lord 68 times. And that's what we have here in verse 1. But notice who is commanded to praise the Lord. It says, praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. That word extol means to praise Him with passion. You see, it's not just Israel that's commanded to praise their God. All the nations of the world are commanded to praise the Lord. And this makes sense because it's God's ultimate purpose in the world to bring blessing to all the peoples of the world. In Genesis, and back in the beginning, in chapter, three, chapter 12, verse 3, God made a promise to Abraham that in him all the families of the earth would be blessed. That very blessing that God gave creation and at the beginning, the, the blessing that was lost through the rebellion of humanity, that blessing is once again going to come to all the families of the earth. And it's going to come through Abraham and his family. In Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so we know as the story goes that eventually a son of Abraham is born that would actually bring that blessing to the world. Jesus Christ came in the line of Abraham to bring God's blessing, not just to Israel, but to all the families of the earth. And that's good news for us today, because I don't know that many of us here today are actually Jewish. And so we're the peoples of the earth that have received the blessing in Jesus. 
And so through his perfect life and his death and his resurrection, Jesus has purchased God's blessing for the nations. And this is why the risen Jesus tells his church to get busy doing the work of missions. To go and to be witnesses to the end of the earth so that the nations might declare that blessing of salvation in Jesus' name. This is why John's vision at the end of days that we sang about earlier, he sees a gathering of the redeemed people from every nation and tribe and tongue. Bringing salvation to the nations was not an afterthought for Jesus. It was the plan from the very beginning. Jesus died to purchase a bride for himself from all the families of the earth. And in the end, he's going to have what he paid for. So the question is, does that mean salvation is the end goal of missions? Are we doing missions so people will be saved? Well, the end goal of missions is not to see the world. It's not to have a worthy career. The end goal of missions is, is not to see churches planted. It's not even to see people saved. Psalm 117 verse 1 tells us what the end goal of missions is. It's the praise of God. The reason we do the work of missions is so that God might be praised. Do we spread the good news? Yes. Do we want to see churches planted around the world? Of course we do. Do we want people to be saved? Absolutely. But in the end, it's God's praise that is the ultimate goal of missions. We do the work of missions so that the nations might be saved and so that they might praise God for it. Listen to Pastor John Piper in the opening words of his book on missions. This is a missions book, and here's the first sentences. He says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. You see, he understands that the end goal of missions is worship and praise for the God who saves. And while the work of missions is to bring salvation to the nations, the nations are not the end goal. The praise of God is the end goal. We go to the nations and we share the gospel so that they might be saved and so they might join us in praising God for his great salvation. And just in case you might think, well, that's just John Piper's idea. I mean, who says he's right? Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 15, verses 8 and 9. He says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the Jews to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the nations might glorify God for His mercy. And then Paul goes on to quote four verses from the Old Testament. One of them is Psalm 117, verse 1. Why did Christ go to the cross? In order that the nations might praise God for his mercy. Do you see it there? Do you see it in Romans 15? Do you see it in Psalm 117? The end goal of missions is so that God might be praised. So that God might be the one who receives all the blessing and the honor and the glory. We do the work of missions so that God might be praised. You know, there's this debate out there. You probably have 
chimed in a time or two about who is the best basketball player of all time. There are some who say it's LeBron James, uh, and then there's some who know better and say that it's Michael Jordan, right? I mean, what's the point of this debate, really? Why do people get so worked up over who's the best basketball player ever? It's because they want their idol to get all the praise, right? It's not about trophies. It's not about rings. It's about the glory of a name. It's about the place of highest honor. It's about praise. Brothers and sisters, there is no one more worthy of praise than Jesus Christ. He is the one who is worthy of all glory and honor and praise. You see, in the end, it's his name that's going to be the name that's above every name. He is going to be the place of highest honor as he rules over the new heavens and the new earth. It's going to be Jesus who will receive endless praise of a redeemed people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. So let's join God's work in the world and let's pray and let's go so that Jesus might be praised. We want people to be saved, but we want our Savior to be praised. So brothers and sisters, let's do the work of missions knowing that God's praise is the goal. So God's praise is the goal of missions. That's the first foundation. Here's the second foundation we see. God's love is the motivation of missions. So we move into to verse 2 of Psalm 17. We see a second foundation. And he says, For great is his steadfast love towards us. This is the Hebrew word hesed. You don't have to know Hebrew, but if there's one word that you do know, this is the one to know. It's an amazing word. It can be translated kindness or mercy or compassion or grace. It can refer to the love between a husband and a wife. It can refer to showing mercy to the poor. It can mean just being kind to someone. But most often in the Old Testament, it refers to God's never-ending covenant love for His people. Some translate this as loyal love or loving kindness or steadfast love, as it says in the ESV. And notice that verse 2 calls this love great. The word great doesn't really do it justice, though. I mean, you could say a lot of things are great. Say WKU football games are great. You could say minivans are great. You could say pizza rolls from the gas station are great. That word great doesn't really get at what's going on here. God's steadfast love is unbelievably great. The NET Bible says that God's love towers over us. One Hebrew scholar translates it as the overwhelming love of God. Psalm 103.11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great, there's that word, is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. God's unfailing love is so great that it towers over us. It overwhelms us. It's higher than the heavens are above the earth. You see, this means that God doesn't just love us, but he loves to love us. It means we have all of God's love all of the time. It means there is nothing in all of creation that can separate us from God's steadfast love. And Jesus is the reason why. Jesus is why God loves to love us. 
Jesus is why we have all of God's love all of the time. Jesus is the reason nothing can separate us from the love of God. You see, he died so that all of God's love might be poured upon his people. Now, if you're struggling to believe that God loves you, all you have to do is look to the cross. When we look to the cross, we don't see a God who wishes he didn't have to love us. We see a God who would stop at no lengths to overwhelm us with his love. We see a God who would lay down his life to show us just how much he loves us. So rest easy, brother and sister, even on a missions Sunday in the unfailing, overwhelming love of God. Now there might be some here today who don't know that love. You've never been overwhelmed by the love of Jesus. Maybe you've never received Christ as your Savior. You see, that same good news that brings salvation to the nations is the same good news that can bring you salvation today. Friends, you're a great sinner, but God is a great Savior, and He has, brought, he has bought salvation through the blood of Jesus. See, He lived the perfect life you never could. He died the death you deserved, and He rose again so that you might know the hope of salvation in His name. And so if you would repent of your sins, if you would believe in Jesus, you could be saved even here, even now, even on Missions Sunday, you could come to faith in Jesus. He promises to welcome anyone who will come to him. He promises to forgive anyone who confesses, and he promises to give new life to anyone who believes. So would you do that today? If you've never received Christ, would you do that today for the first time? Would you repent of your sins and call upon his name so that you might be saved? Would you receive the overwhelming love of Jesus today? If that's you, then you can join us in praising Christ for his great mercy and love. Now, what does all this have to do with missions? Well, what, what, let me ask this. What should motivate us to go and do missions? Is it because we really love people? Is it because we don't want people to go to hell? Is it because Jesus told us to do it, so I guess we got to do it? Why do we do missions? We do missions because God's love is overwhelming. It's the steadfast love of God that motivates us to do the work of missions in the world. I mean, when Paul, the apostle, thinks about his missionary work around the world, he says this in 2 Corinthians 5.14. He says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. Why would Paul leave his home? Because of the love of Christ. What would compel Paul to face persecution? It's, it's the love of Christ. What would compel Paul to preach the gospel to people who wouldn't even listen to him? It was the love of Christ. I mean, what would, call, what would compel Paul to literally lose his life for missions? It was the love of Christ. You see, he knew that Christ's death meant that he had to die. And he knew that it was worth it because of the greatness of Christ's love. He was willing to lose everything because of the greatness of Jesus' love for him. I mean, what would compel someone to leave their home and move 
to another nation? The love of Christ. What would make someone want to invest two years after college in a place without air conditioning and internet? It's the the love of Christ. What would compel someone to go to a people who are hostile to the gospel message? It's the love of Christ. It's the love of God and Jesus Christ that's the great motivation of missions. You see, if we're motivated by love for people, we'll give up when people are not very lovable. If we're motivated by a love of ministry, we'll give up when the ministry gets too hard. If we're motivated then by the steadfast love of Christ, we'll do the work of missions even when it's hard even when we have to miss out on so many good things that the American life gives to our family, even when we have to suffer for His name. Church, the overwhelming love of Jesus is towering over us today. So let's go and let's tell the world just how amazing His love is. Let's pray for Jesus' love to be known among the nations. Let's pray for the love of Jesus to lead us to be generous with our money so that we can give so the gospel can go to the nations. And let's support those who have been sent out with the very love of Christ. And maybe some of us need to come to Jesus today with open hearts and open hands, saying, Lord, if your love compels me to go, I will go. The overwhelming love of Jesus is towering over us today. So brothers and sisters, let's do the work of missions knowing that Christ's love is the motivation that we need. So that's the second foundation. And here's the third. God's faithfulness is the fuel of missions. His faithfulness is the fuel of missions. So in verse 2 of Psalm 117, we see a third foundation of missions. God's faithfulness. Look at verse 2 again. It says, The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. That word faithful is where we get our word amen. Amen means it's true or so it is. And so the Lord is true. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. In the Bible, God's steadfast love is often paired together with his faithfulness. In Exodus 34 verse 6, God says that he is a God abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Psalm 25, 10 tells us all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. You see, God's love is not good news for us if his love ever stops. So his love is good news only to the fact that he is faithful to love us. Here's what Pastor Ray Ortland says. He says, if there is a day out there when God could stop covering us with his love, the gospel is not good news. But the gospel is clear. God really does love us today because God really will love us tomorrow. And the day after that and the day after that, we will always be stepping into one more moment after another of the love of God forever. You see, what he's describing there is the faithful love of God. And as Psalm 117 tells us, God's faithfulness will never end. It endures forever. And so it's God's faithfulness that is one of these foundations of missions. 
God's faithfulness is actually a fuel for missions. You see, the work of missions is exciting and it's joyful, but it's not easy. Crossing a culture is not easy. Learning a language is not easy. Living far away from home and family and friends is not easy. I mean, working with people who are spiritually dead is not easy. But the faithfulness of God, that's our strength. It's the faithfulness that will last forever. You see, we don't look down in here to find some strength. No, we look to the Lord. He's going to guide us. He's going to give us strength. Even when things are difficult, we can have an unwavering confidence that God is faithful. And He will be faithful even to the ends of the earth. You see, we've seen this so clearly in the lives of many well-known missionaries throughout history. It was God's faithfulness that kept Hudson Taylor going even when he suffered much as a missionary in China. It was God's faithfulness that kept John Patton going even when the people he was trying to reach wanted to kill him and eat him. God's faithfulness kept William Carey preaching the gospel in India even as years and years went by and no one was saved. God's faithfulness kept Amy Carmichael on the mission field even after she was kidnapped and abused by terrorists. God's faithfulness kept Elizabeth Elliot going to the very same people who murdered her husband. God's faithfulness is the fuel of missions. Here's what Hudson Taylor, the missionary to China, once said. He said, All of God's giants have been weak men and women who have gotten hold of God's faithfulness. All of God's giants have been weak men and women who have gotten a hold of God's faithfulness. You see, when we get a hold of God's faithfulness, we can be faithful to God's call to missions. And at the end of the day, it's going to be the faithfulness of Jesus that keeps us going. See, He's faithful to forgive us when we fail. He's faithful to guide us when we're lost. He's faithful to give us strength when we're weak. He's faithful to comfort us when we are weary. He's faithful to call us. He's faithful to equip us. He's faithful to use us in the world. You see, any good thing in your life is there because of the faithfulness of Jesus. Any good work that's done through you is done because of the faithfulness of Jesus. See, it's the faithfulness of Christ that is the fuel of missions. So, brothers and sisters, let's trust in that faithfulness today. If you're praying for missions, if you want to take that paper home and, and pray for that people group, you can trust that God's faithful to answer those prayers. If you're giving money to the cause of missions, you can trust that God will be faithful to use that money so that Christ might be known around the world. If you are pursuing missions, you can trust in God's faithfulness to prepare you and to equip you and to send you to where He calls. You see, God is the one who will save a people from every nation, tongue, and tribe. He has promised and He is faithful. 
So brothers and sisters, let's do the work of missions, knowing that God's faithfulness is the fuel that keeps us going. So those are the foundations of missions. Uh, Praise of God is the goal, and the love of God is our motivation, and the faithfulness of God is our fuel. You know, our church had been blessed in the past with a partnership with a church in St. Mark, Haiti. And one of our trips we took to work alongside of them, we helped them lay a foundation for a new building. We labored side by side with our Haitian brothers. We, we passed buckets of concrete. We, we carried big rocks. We, we wore these tight little yellow shirts and had a little yellow hard hat on. It was kind of humorous. And it was a joy to be able to help them lay the foundation for a new church building. But as we went back year after year, there was nothing built on that foundation. They had a good, strong foundation, but nothing was built upon it. Brothers and sisters, we have seen from God's word these foundations for missions. He's laid these before us here in Psalm 117. But the question we have to ask as Christ Fellowship is, what are we going to do with this foundation that's been laid? Because the truth is, there's no, it does no good to have a mission Sunday every year if we're not going to build on the foundation that's laid. Friends, there are over 3 billion people who likely have never heard the name, of the, Jesus, the name of Jesus and probably never will. It's over 41% of the world's population. That's 3 billion people who probably don't even know a Christian and don't even know someone who does know a Christian. 3 billion people who have never heard the name that saves and is worthy of praise. Three billion people who have never heard that Jesus' overwhelming love was poured out for sinners on the cross. Over three billion people who have never heard that Jesus is faithful and who will save any sinner who repents from any nation, tongue, or tribe. Over three billion people who, unless they believe in Jesus will die in their sins and spend an eternity in hell separated from the presence of God. And so I ask us, brothers and sisters, what will we do to build on the foundation the Lord has laid? Now here's the truth. We're not all called to go, but we are all called to the work of missions. Every single follower of Jesus is called to join him in his mission of bringing salvation to the nations. Some of us may go. Others of us may give. All of us can pray. So let's pray for the nations. Let's commit to pray that Jesus would be known and praised in all the earth. Let's give for the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. When you give every Sunday morning, a portion of that goes to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. At the end of the year, we do a Lottie Moon offering so that the gospel might go to the ends of the earth. 
We take up money to send people on short-term trips or to support people who go. Let's give so that the gospel might go to the ends of the earth. And let's open our hearts and open our hands and open our lives so that if Jesus calls us to go, we're ready to say, yes, here I am, Lord, send me. So brothers and sisters, Jesus has lived and died and rose again so that the nations might praise him for his mercy. So let's join Jesus in spreading the praise of his name to the ends of the earth. Let's go to people across the globe and even across the street and let's tell them of the overwhelming love of Christ. And let's let the faithfulness of Jesus be the fuel that ignites our praying and our giving and our supporting and our going. You see, my prayer for Christ Fellowship is that missions would be more than just one Sunday a year, but it would be our passion every Sunday, really every day. I'm praying it would be our passion to see Jesus praised among all the peoples of the earth. Friends, the foundations for missions have been laid. Let's look to Christ and let's build on those foundations for the sake of the salvation of the nations and for the praise of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this psalm. God, what a blessing it is that it reminds us that you desire all nations and all peoples to be saved so that they might praise you for your mercy. God, we thank you that your steadfast love is great. It's towering over us. It overwhelms us, God. And that your faithfulness endures forever and ever and ever. So God, as we, Lord, have paused today to think about missions, God, and the work of being witnesses and the work of, of praying and, and giving and supporting and going, God, we pray that you would stir in our church a desire that the nations might come to faith in Jesus so that he might receive all the blessing and the honor and the praise. God, we know that we have opportunities even here in Bowling Green to, to see the nations come to faith. Refugees and internationals and other immigrants and students on Western's campus who have come from the nations, Lord, have come here so that we might go and tell them, Lord. So would you give us faithfulness, Lord, to be on mission for Christ? God, would you give us a passion to daily pray for the nations? Would you give us generous hearts so that we might be ready to give when the opportunity presents itself? God, would you help us to support those who have been sent out from this church? And God, we pray that more would be sent, even as Eric prayed, that you would send laborers to the harvest. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we have a reason to sing. We have a story to go and tell. We have a Savior whose love towers over us. And we have a King who one day will reign over heaven and earth, and all the redeemed people will sing his praises, the people from every nation and tribe and tongue. God, I pray for those here today who may not know you, would they come to faith today and join us in everlasting praise of Jesus. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.